Everybody get up, it's time to jam now. We got a real podcast going now. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to a tale of two rivals plus one. I'm your host, Todd at FF underscore Benjamin Foster, joined by Todd. I, before I introduce myself, I am just impressed with the Annie you keep raising with these intros. Well done, sir. I just with, keep trying, man. <laughs> no background music, and you just nailed it. Not, you know, no. Oh, anyway, well done. Anyway, I'm at FF underscore Spaceman. We teased it last episode, but let's get down to the fun times, the banter. It's time to talk about trade. Let's do this. All right. Anybody else with us? And I'm FF underscore Walrus Sean Kennedy. But before we get to the trades, I think I have a more important question for you guys. Who's the second best player on the Toon Squad? Ooh, okay. Um, so first of all, Jordan dominated that game. So I don't think it really Well, that's matters. why we're talking about the second best, right? Um, well, I would say that probably Bugs would be the second best all-around player. But Taz, like, literally played, like, that Robin role and did all the dirty work. In fact, like, taking out players. So I'm going to go with Taz, man. I'm going to go with Taz. Bill I Murray. think Bugs is overrated. I actually think Bill Murray's a very underrated point guard. He got put into the game way too late. Dave? So here's a question. Now, are we talking as a like a PS1 Space Jam point of view or just like the actual movie, who was the best player? Cool. Stop it. We're not talking about wow. video games. We're talking <laughs> about the movie. Stop it. I love the video game. I play No, you know Dave has like the stats in there. Like he's hacked nope. it. He's seen the game code. He knows exactly what the strengths yeah. are for each character. Oh, I played nope. a lot of that game. No one else in the history of mankind would ask that question, by the way, Dave. No one. Except the guy who might have made the game. I gotta live up to my Spaceman spreadsheets persona. What would be your NBA jam for Space Jam? Oh, my NBA jam? Ooh. Uh, I, I, might I, go, love... I, I might go with the Monstar with the, with the Barkley-Patrick uh, Ewing combination. I mean, I think that could take Jordan with whoever he's got with him. I might go with Monstars. So you're picking the losers? What do you go to the Globetrotters and bet on the Generals? Dude, I'm the kind of guy that will take the Jets and Madden and beat you down. Don't worry about it. That's what I'm saying. I can play with bad teams and win. It's more satisfying. Understand this. You know Got who me? our group of friends I bet who has a NBA or a Space Jam? I bet Sad has a Space Jam jersey. He does, I believe, actually. I think he does have a Space Jam jersey. <laughs> Uh, and it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. I love when Zach Levine dunked in one uh, for the dunk contest. But, all right, man. Wow, we are off the rails. We just did two minutes on Space Jam. I love it. You guys are good friends. All right. We're going to do a trade episode. We had Dave reach out to all of you. So, anyways. So, you guys reached out. Uh, gave us a lot of good trades to go over. So, we're going to go through it. Pretty much the order we picked is, if you replied first, you're the first one up. So, uh, the first one comes to us from at DFF underscore Z train. And the trade was Darius Geis for Robbie Anderson in a 2021 20, second. Kennedy, what side you got in this trade? I mean, Robbie Anderson all day. I know at the very mention of Geis, Dave's desk lifts up and moves a little bit for a reason. It's nailed into the ground too, and it still did it. Wow, look at that. Hats off to you and Quinn. <laughs> but, I, you know, Geis is done. He's over. It's not going to happen. Find a new show. He's so buried on that depth chart, and they just keep bringing in more bodies. Anderson has a clear path to be a productive wide receiver 
and you're getting the pick back. Yeah, that's fair. I just got to tell you, you're really using that Soprano reference to like find a new show like big time, like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You love that reference. I love it. It's top three of my favorite movies all time. And I see the irony of it that I need to find a new show for my new show, but I'm going <laughs> to ride this train all the way to the bottom. <laughs> love it. Dave, do we need to bother asking who you're taking in this trade? Probably not, but I'm going to sit anyway. I'm taking Darius Geis here. What? What? I think we need to re-release his eulogy of his potential. That was a great episode. That was, was good. a great episode. Uh, so, I think running back is just more important of a, a, a position. I mean, think about it. What? Even if you're down on Darius Geis this year, he's got to be in your, at least your top 40 running backs if you're just down on him. Right? He's got to be in your top 40 running backs. And Robbie Anderson doesn't make your top 40 wide receivers. Yep. So, running backs are more important and... I think Robbie Anderson could be more, you know, if everything goes right for Robbie Anderson, he could be more steady. He could have more just a, a baseline, safer play, and you got that 21 second on top of it. However, I'll take Geis and the the possibility that he becomes the, the promise guy. And I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about his injury history, and it's his injury history isn't as bad as you think it is, according to a lot of injury experts. So I'll go with that. I, I'm actually with Dave on this. I'll go with Geis. Um, I don't really care for the other two pieces in the trade. Like, I... The idea of, like, you're in a position that's difficult to find starters at from time to time. Um, you know, he has a path where nobody's really ahead of him. I don't worry about Antonio Gibson in that situation. So, Robbie Anderson, I don't agree with Sean. I don't think he has a clear path to production. I think he's got two very good wide receivers in front of him uh, with a QB that struggles to match his strengths by not being able to throw the ball deep. Uh, and then, like, with the, when it comes to the 2021st second, like, like I love second-round picks. I think that they're undervalued. I think they're really easy to get in trades. Um, but with that said, it's not enough for me to care about possibly getting a starting running back. With that said, I would feel disgusting doing this because I hate taking anybody on the Redskins. And I've only ever been pro Redskins once, and it was about Dwayne Haskins late in first-round drafts, and I lost my mind. I thought it was a, a, a podcast policy. It was the Washington football team, Todd. Washington football <laughs> team. So, next trade comes to us from at Drake PFSA, and he's got a few trades with us. So thanks, thanks Drake for throwing out some extra trades for us to talk about. So um, this one's really interesting. Um, Deontay Johnson for the one oh eight. Dave, let's start with you on this one. Uh, this for me actually was a non-starter. I'll take, you know, I mean, 108, you know, that's, you know, Jalen Rager, CeeDee Lamb could technically be there, DeAndre Swift, uh, Judy. I'll take all those guys over Deontay Johnson. I understand the why people love Deontay Johnson, but I'll take all of those players without even hesitating over Deontay Johnson. I don't understand why Dave is being so calm about this. I had to read it three times just to make sure I was understanding it correctly. Deontay Johnson didn't even go at the 1-8 in his own draft, let alone now one year removed. You're talking about there's two other guys there. The quarterback situation is up in the air depending on the day. And you're going to give up Lamb, Judy, Swift, Rager, Akers, any of those guys for the wide receiver two on a mid-level offense? This is insane. My wife wouldn't make that trade. My parents wouldn't make that trade. And not just because they don't know how to turn on a computer. Oh, wow. All right. I, so I like, I like it. I mean, I, I actually tried to stay, when you said it, why I'm staying calm, the thing is, is I try to stay calm just because I, I anything Deontay Johnson, I automatically assume people are insulting Juju Smith. So 
I tried to take my emotion out of this. Shouldn't that make you more angry? You should be hulking out of your little shorts right now. I, I, anyway, Sean, I, I'm glad you picked me up. Just like with Jalen Rager and making him your wide receiver one, you picked me up with my with my, this this take. Thank you, Sean. I will always be the wind beneath your wings, David. I, I think you're both extremely low on Deontay Johnson. This is a no-brainer, Deontay Johnson. So you would do it? Over no, Jerry I, Judy, Todd. No, I wouldn't. Oh, God, I was going to say, because I know you like him. No. I believe you for a half a second. No, I don't. I, there's got to be more to this in some sort of fashion. I don't understand, like, straight up, this makes sense. Um, I do love Deontay Johnson, but I've been souring him a little bit more, and the reason is it's not about Juju. I think Juju's going to bounce back, which does hurt him a little bit. It's more about James Washington. James Washington came on strong at the end of the year. He's another good player. Yeah, Chase Claypool into that mix of mess. Um, I actually really like Deontay Johnson. I think that he's the kind of guy that's going to help move the chains for them. But, I mean, for 108, it's not even close for me. So, you for know? the sake of the exercise, what would you two give up for Deontay Johnson in, ju- in, just a, in just a rookie pick? Okay, if I'm rebuilding a team, actually, no. Either way, I'd probably say probably like 105, 106. Excuse me, my bad. 205, 206. You know, um, I do like him as, as a proven piece. I do like the idea of what, what I can get out of him if I need a wide receiver. Um, the other thing about that is, from a rebuilding standpoint, he's a great piece from an established standpoint. If, so for me, if I need a wide receiver badly and I'm moving a second round, like mid-second round pick, like in that 106, I mean, that 206 range, I'm going to get something that I know was productive in the NFL game. And I like that. And with Big Ben coming back, that's a big boost to him too, you know? So, Dave, what would you do for uh, Deontay Johnson? I mean, so I have Pittman coming in my 204. I'd take him after Pittman, so 205. So you're yeah. excited about Pittman? I mean, I'll take Pittman over Look Deontay Johnson. I'll you. take Deontay Johnson over Pittman any day. All right, that's fair. Hey, easily. Not even, like, not think twice about it. Go ahead, Sean. So I wouldn't even consider until late third. You know, they're talking 108. I wouldn't even touch it until 2-8 or below. Just looking at some of these names in the recent ADPs, you're talking you can get Chenault, you can get Ayuk, you can get Pittman, you can get Higgins, all at that mid-second round mark. Your boy Pete, uh, Peter Howard must be losing his mind over Higgins sliding in the draft, huh, Dave? Oh, yeah, he, he has, he's conflicted. Yeah. Um, all right. Next trade, also from Drake. So it was Devin Singletary, Hayden Hurst for 201 and 203. Sean, let's start with you. I think this one's pretty fine. I'm glad to see that Drake is, you know, his game is trending up if he was on the Deontay Johnson side of that last trade. Um, I think Singletary is going to take a big bump. I think even though they brought in Zach Moss, that's an offense that's looking to get a lot more streamlined. They're looking to get Singletary involved a lot more. You know, when he was on the field last year, he was pretty good. And I think him plus Hurst, you know, Hurst has all the opportunity in the world walking into that Austin Hooper role in Hotlanta. I'm not really a Hurst guy at all. I still can't believe he was a first-round pick, but they didn't go out and get him for nothing. So I think, you know, I get it. I'd still rather have the picks, though, just because you're talking in that in that area, like we just said, you're talking Mims, you're talking Higgins, Ruggs, Pittman, maybe Vaughn. There's a lot of good names there that I think you can do really well with. What about you, Dave? What are you feeling here? So I've never been a big Devin Singletary fan. I 
I there was a moment there where be, after a free agency where I came up on him a little bit just because he survived that initial round of free agency before the draft. That being said, I I'd rather have just the T, if you traded me the two hundred one for Devin Singletary, I'll take the two hundred one. I'll take T Higgins. I'll take Henry Ruggs. I'll take I'll take Keyshawn Vaughn's going there. I'll take the all those players over Singletary. Then it's then it comes into a fa- Hayden Hurst for the two hundred three. Uh, yeah. So this is a no brainer for me for the picks. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's all about the picks for me. I think uh, for Singletary, when you're looking at trade value for him. Before the pick of Zach Moss, I think at best you're looking like late mid first. So, like, you're looking like the 108-109 pick to be able to get him in a trade. Uh, after Moss, they're definitely looking to do that by a committee a little bit, which I think is a great thing for the Bills. I think it hurts Singletary from a, from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I still think he's going to be a good fantasy back. So, i probably say, like, an early first. I mean, excuse me, an early second would probably be the best I would do. Maybe a late first. So then you're looking at Hayden Hurst for the two o for the two o three, which is not even close, not even close. So it's absolutely the picks. I mean, and Drake said this was non tight end premium too, so that's a big thing too. So yeah, no, not even close. Oh, I mean, wow. All right, give me the picks all day then. Yeah, not I mean the other thing too about it is is like like Hayden Hurst going into the Austin Hooper role. Great, he's not Austin Hooper. End of story. Austin Hooper is a great player. Hayden Hurst probably is not a great player. I don't even know yet. He should have played baseball. He should have played baseball. He's an AARP member. He barely has to work at this point. <laughs> um, so, now, last trade from Drake. This is a biggie, all right? So, so we have CMC, Mike Evans, a 2021 third and a 2021 fourth. I love that those are thrown in here. Uh, for Alvin Kamara, Tyler Boyd, DeAndre Swift, and... CD Lamb. Sean, digest that for a second and figure out what you want to do here. I've been digesting this for hours, and every time I look at it, I'm on a different page. And I I think I want the players. I think I'm taking Kamara and Boyd and Swift and Lamb. And I'm not really a Boyd guy. I think Higgins is going to end up being the one there. I don't think Boyd can keep that role over him. But Swift is really enticing. Lamb, even though Lamb is on the Cowboys, that didn't sit well with me. And I know it broke Dave for a little bit during the draft. I know. Well, you know, I want to leave the Band-Aid on, Dave. I just want to acknowledge it a little bit, though. Dave's PTSD moment in the draft. I think I'd rather have the players. I think I'd take the depth. All right. Dave, where are you going? So... I'll acknowledge it's actually really hard to trade CMC at this point because he I th- he's my 101 in startup drafts. He's really hard to get fair value here, but holy smokes, this is a gr- I love if I was trading away CMC here, I would this is awesome because yep. I'm trading back a tier, yes. I have CMC as a major tier above, but I'm trading only back six spots for Kamara who I think is going to have an increase, you know, his TDs are going to to level out next year. Uh so there's that. So then it basically becomes, I trade down only six spots. It's Mike Evans for Swift, Boyd, and CD. And then there's like those draft picks included, but who cares? I only have Swift two spots behind Mike Evans in my startup ADP. That's how high I'm on Swift. And I know that sounds crazy. I actually, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. But I Swift is an amazing prospect. I understand that he landed with Detroit and people are down on that. But he is that good and he's that safe too because he's that receiving upside. I love me some Swift. Tyler Boyd 
oh my god and then cd lamb could be better he could be i mean i think best case scenario cd lamb becomes mike evans because i think actually that could be relatively comparable that being i mean i lo- i'll take the players all day long and, and it's tough to say that to find a good deal when you're trading away cmc because he is that valuable so well done trading away cmc here your Swift ranking for uh, Evans is, like, ridiculous. You know, yeah, Swift's safe, you know. Evans has only had six straight seasons with 1,000 yards receiving in six seasons. And then he's got Chris yeah. Godwin to deal with. He's got, eh, you know, the yeah, Gronk yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, the Gronk. The, Don't forget the about Cameron Bright. Yes. Oof, God. Whatever. All right, moving on. So, uh, for me, it's Kamara side. So, the way I look at this is I kind of break it up into two sides. So, I would say, like, you get CMC for Kamara and Boyd. So for me, that's a really tight one. I probably would take Kamara and Boyd. I'm really high on Kamara. Um, I think that if I'm looking to move CMC for just two guys, I would need back Kamara or uh, Zeke for sure. And even then, I'd be thinking about it. And I'm really high on Boyd. I think that's kind of a push. Then you're looking at Evans with Swift and Lamb. So I'm definitely higher on Evans and both those guys, but combined – it's not close for me. So between the push in the first pie and then the win with the rookies, I definitely take the pick. So I'm going to go with Kamara, Boyd, Swift, and Lamb. And just to add one more thing, too, I've seen a lot of trades where people will, will – what I like about this is that you're only going down a tier with, with CMC because it's awesome to have that kind of elite running back prospect because it is such a premium position in fantasy. And a lot of people, are, when they make trades, they're going down two or three tiers of the running back position and they're getting back some good wide receivers. But the real prize about CMC is that he's a running back. And, yeah, there's great – Mike Evans is a great wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. It, it's just that the idea that you only went back one – down one tier when trading away that, that top prospect, great job. This is a great trade for the CMC owner. Next trade we have from at Duchesne's underscore. That underscore at the end is, is, is quite different. I like it. There's nothing behind it, though. Um, ooh, I like this. Dave, I'm assuming this is a super flex league. Yeah, super flex. Okay, so we have Daniel Jones for the 109, which ended up being DeAndre Swift. Dave, I know how much you love the quarterback out of Duke, so let's start with you. So this is actually a no-brainer for me again. I understand the attractiveness of super flex position, but like I said, I told you guys how high I am on DeAndre Swift. Uh, I have DeAndre Swift 20 spots ahead of Daniel Jones, and I'm actually pretty on par with a lot of people with Daniel Jones and his ranking. I've come up on him, even though I don't like him as a prospect and his accuracy and all those things. I've come up on him a lot. And even that being said, I'd rather take the running back. Running back, it running back is extremely premium position. Still, even in Superflex, as in people need to realize how premium running back positions are. Because there's they are unbelievable. And Swift is that great of a prospect. And he got the capital. I understand the landing spot. He got the capital. He's got the PPR upside or and the floor. I love me some Swift. Sean, what are you going here? Yeah, I want to be the opposite of Dave just so I can yell at him a little bit because I'm feeling like I want to right now. But I agree with everything he just said. Swift is amazing. And if he's falling that far, you got to have him at 109. Jones showed out a lot last year. He looked pretty good working with not a lot, which was very encouraging. You know, they lost Saquad for a while. They lost Engram. So he was really just... I mean, it was him and Slayton tearing it up for most of the time and a who's who of nobodies. And that's that's encouraging to see, but I still think you got to have Swift. You need to buy in to the running back position there. You got to capitalize on how deep this draft is. So I'm I'm taking Swift. I'm taking the pick. 
So, for me to make this trade, I would want to know who my other quarterbacks are. So, if I if Daniel Jones is, like, my number two or number three QB, and I have, like, a good second or third QB there, um, I, I, I'll, I'll go with Swift as well. So, I mean, the fact that Swift fell to 109 in this draft is insane. So, this must have been a draft day trade that was just, like, very exciting. So, I'll also go with Swift. I am not calling it a slam dunk, though. I would have a tough time trading a QB with phenomenal draft capital with a road to starting. I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't think he's a good football player, but plenty of bad quarterbacks score fantasy points. Point and point, like perfect example, Blake Bortles was a great fantasy quarterback at times. Todd, can I? You actually brought an interesting point about knowing your team, and that's I meant to say this earlier. Daniel Jones is very popular in some people. Who, I'm I, like I said, I am overall relatively my outlook on him is low, but that is not everybody. He is has a lot of he has a high ADP overall. People, there's a lot of people who are higher on him. He's got the rushing upside. I understand all the positives. Why not just target a lesser instead of targeting Daniel Jones? Why not just target a Teddy Bridgewater or a Gardner Minshew? And you don't have to give up that kind of capital. That's what I would rather do. I mean, that's what I would rather do personally than target the Daniel Jones here who takes because he's so young and has that quote unquote potential. I'll just take the 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 lower QB two and be happy. Or like a premium, like a Drew Brees, target Drew Brees, Tom Brady. If you really need quarterbacks, go that way instead of targeting Daniel Jones. Well, I don't agree with that. I think if you're, it depends if you're if you're talking about from a startup standpoint, like Daniel Jones is clearly the the guy over those guys, just from the fact that he's so this not. A, this was not a startup. And well, I'm, I'm just saying, but I'm also saying it also depends on from a contending standpoint. Sure, go for the older guys if you have a backup plan for how you're going to replace them at some point. I think that Daniel Jones right now in rankings, he's probably around like 12, 13, 14, which is really low for a guy that was a very productive quarterback coming out of his rookie year that has a green light to being a starter on a football team. So I I don't agree with that necessarily. But at the same time, like, after you move Daniel Jones, I think it's really easy if you're trying to contend here to go out and find a guy like a Matt Stafford or a guy that everyone's really low on that I think is a great target for quarterbacks is Matt Ryan. And everyone acts like he's older than he is. So... He's got a lot of juice left. So, you know, move Daniel Jones, go find yourself a vet, and enjoy Swift because you got him at an un- unreal value there. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay, I can't wait to talk about this next trade. This is great. All right, so your boy over at DFF, at Eric John Flynn. This trade was Cam Akers and Christian Kirk for Nick Chubb. Sean, I know I didn't start with the last time, but I have to start with Dave's man crushes. Dave. So this is interesting you said that, Todd, because I had the same reaction to you. It was like, oh, I love Christian. I mean, I, I love Christian Kirk. Akers is going, you know, his 80 pit, he's a late fourth rounder in startup picks. And then Kirk's going in the eighth round, if he's even going the eighth round in startup picks. Uh, and, and then why am I giving up that kind of capital? to get, uh, you know, at the beginning of the first round, start picking Nick Chubb. I understand people are worried about uh, whatever. I can't even, his name's escaping me at the moment here. The, the Kareem Hunt. Be- but Nick Chubb is an alpha. He is a beast. And he's. I, I'll take Nick Chubb any day of the week over this. I understand if Akers hits, like if Akers hits at the top of his potential range of outcomes, 
this becomes, a, and so does Kirk, this becomes a lot clearer. But there's a lot of risk on the Kirk and Aker sides here. So I'll take Nick Chubb any day of the week. Chubb a dub dub. Easy no-brainer. I think there are way too many red flags around Kirk and Akers right now. And Akers has a high ceiling, but it's way too attached to the Rams digging themselves out of this hole that they're in. And that's a larger problem than just him. That's not, hey, we needed to replace Todd Gurley, and we did. It's, hey, our offensive line is terrible. Hey, our $100 million quarterback isn't very good, but we still have him. And I think that those red flags with him, or not those red flags for him, because there aren't really any specifically for him. But it's just that we know what Chubb is. He's a known commodity. We know what Akers is based on his college production, but we don't know what the Rams will be. And the Rams are terrifying right now. And Christian Kirk just got one of the hardest slapdowns that you can get via fantasy or via NFL trade. So now if he's relegated to that third, fourth pass catcher role on that team. <laughs> come on. What, what, come on, dude. What do you mean, come on? Third, fourth, fifth. Guys, this is a really weak argument. You guys are arguing without arguing. Are we going to actually talk about Kirk or not here? I'm on the record for Kirk. I have nothing else to say about him. <laughs> yeah, um, all day for Nick Chubb here. He's going to – you got Kareem Hunt out the door. Yeah. What's, what's there left to talk about? All right. This is a pretty easy trade. Chubb is a like a slam dunk RB1. Yes, Hunt's there, but you still have to be able to respect what Chubb's done. Um, I If I was a Chubb owner, I'd be trying to trade for, trade him, but this is not the value I'm looking for back. Um, Cam Akers is in an absolute dumpster fire of a situation with an awful line and a team that who knows what's going to happen with that. And I'm not overlooking those other running backs with him. I'm just not yet, you know? And then with Christian Kirk, yeah, RB, a wide receiver three, you know, maybe he slides down to four because Andy Isabella wakes up, you know? Um, yeah, I went to UMass, everybody. I'm not being serious. So anyways, um, yeah, I mean, you're talking about two guys in two messier situations, a little bit unknown versus a guy that is a stud. Studs win championships, people. End of story, all right? Do you, Todd, do you agree with, and Sean too, do you agree with my point of view of that, like, okay, if best case scenario, Chubb doesn't fire because of all the negatives that people are talking about, and then Akers hits to his max level, and then Christian Kirk hits to his max level, this is a win for that side. But it's a, the, the odds of that hitting is very low. I'm not going to take those low odds there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a managed risk, right? Yeah. I think that... I don't see Kirk, I hate to tell you this, I don't see Kirk being the deciding factor in this. I think that Cam Akers needs to blow away his expectations and hit his maximum ceiling to make this a win. And I think Christian Kirk is the kicker. That's it. You know, I think that you need to be seeing Cam Akers at probably what Nick Chubb already does, and then you got Christian Kirk on top of it. And I'm not saying that Christian Kirk's, like, not fantasy relevant. He's a very fantasy relevant wide receiver three, good wide receiver four stash, um, you know. But at the same time, are you are you like losing your mind right now? So, but um, no, Dobbins, Dobbins and Kirk is a lot more interesting to me. Swift and Kirk is more interesting to me. Sure, one hundred percent. That's what I'm also saying about that. Like I get that, but at the same time, like I don't think for me to move Chubb, I need a guy back that I know that's going to have stud potential for me, like right away. Like I like these two. There's too much. There's too much question marks here. And with Kirk, we're, I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, exactly. All right. 
So the next trick, ooh, I like this one. So we had Jerry Judy for Juju. All right, Sean, who are you going with, Juju or Judy here? I think I think I'm going with Voodoo Mama Juju on this one. And I, I wrestled with it a lot because Judy is still just unbelievable, but so is Judo, Juju. You know, last last year was tough for him. Last year was tough for everybody in Pittsburgh. And I think he's going to Including gonna their crappy back. quarterbacks. Yes. And they're one and a half heads combined. But I think <laughs> Juju's going to bounce back. And I think whether or not the Steelers extend him, which I can't imagine they don't, he's fantastic, right? We're talking about him. We've been talking about him for a reason. And I think if he stays in Pittsburgh, okay, he's going to have to deal with a new quarterback coming in maybe next year, definitely at least the year after. But we're talking about the same thing with Judy, right? What do we know? We know Drew Locke was okay in a very limited sample last year against some bad defenses. And yeah, he can continue to grow on that, and that would be fantastic for Judy, but I'd rather take, I think, the talent we know in Juju with the waning career of Roethlisberger than the unknowns of Drew Locke and Judy being tied to that in a more complex offense. Todd, I actually like to hear you go here because I, 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 I'm just, I don't, I cannot even think of the other side of this. So I would love to hear, even hear your analysis here. Oh, I'm Juju all the way here, dude. I, I'm Juju all the way. I think Juju is the buy of Dynasty right now. People are unbelievably low on him. What he was able to do in his first two seasons was fantastic. He's still only 23 years old. Last season, he battled some injuries and he just had. Like, I'm talking like JVQBs, man. This was like Johnny Mox came in and he fell flat on his face kind of crap. So, I'm all about Juju here. Ride it out with Big Ben. If you're worried about him with the QB later on, watch Juju play, play build up under, under Big Ben and then move him later, man. Juju all the way. Judy, he's not even the best wide receiver on his team, possibly. And it's a very, un, like Sean said... The unknowns with Locke, this isn't even close for me. I still have Juju very high in Dynasty rankings for wide receivers. I'll look it up right now, but I guarantee you it's at least five or six spots higher than Judy. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so I I struggle to even understand why someone would go Jerry Judy from a size standpoint. Juju's, uh, he has more prototypical size. Uh, Juju's shown it in the NFL. Juju, in my opinion, was a better prospect than Judy. Uh, better athleticism to Judy. I I don't even understand. I mean Judy. I mean Juju is my five wide receiver five in dynasty right now. That's how high I'm on Juju. Uh, I'm not buying it. I whatever Mason Rudolph decides based on his actions on the field and off the field, I do not trust Mason Rudolph's decision making. I'll trust Big Ben and whatever QB comes in after that. I do not care what happened with Big with with uh Mason Rudolph on the field. Juju is an alpha. He's young. Uh, he, give me Juju all day. The all day. I'm I'm shocked this trade went down. If I was in that league, I'd be like, "What is going on?" Yeah, and, and just for the for the record, just because I was looking it up, my for rankings for Dynasty, I have Juju nine in Dynasty for wide receivers, which I think is even low there. But just some guys I really like over him, like Galladay and uh, DJ Moore. But I have Judy at twenty one. You know. 
So it's not like, and also having Judy at twenty one, still pretty high over some. Like it's a, it's a very talented group. So Juju is getting disrespected in a lot of weeks right now. So all right. So Eric had one more trade with us, and it was Deontay Johnson and the twenty twenty one fourth for twenty twenty one first. Sean, thoughts? I see, see above. I'm not, I'm not buying Deontay Johnson hype. When he hits, I'll spend a first for him. But I'm not paying up now to buy a receiver in a messy situation. No thanks. Like I, I, I'm not getting. I'm looking at the show sheet here. We got another one coming up. Yep. I don't get it. There is, you know, Todd. You mentioned it before. James Washington is there. Deontay Johnson could be better than Washington, but James Washington still exists. Chase Claypool exists, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. Chase Claypool is there right. now too. Yeah, and it, Juju. Hello, he's still there. Yeah, and I just, I re- I think you can still buy. Let's say Juju doesn't sign; he leaves. Either he decides to walk, the Steelers just tell him see ya. I think you can still buy Johnson next year for a first if he hits this year. If right. he really shows a very clear weather vane to being the guy. You can buy him for that first round pick. I'm not buying it now based on hype from last year when he didn't even go in the first round. No thank you. Pass. The weather vane. Love their fried mushrooms. Great New England seafood restaurant. Just oh, saying. Boo. Terrible. Terrible restaurant. Are you kidding? The weather vane? The weather vane's solid, man. You were so open oh. anymore? There's They're a closing. There's a couple open. They're dude, they're one fried closes mushrooms. a Fortnite. <laughs> I love right. Fortnite. Dave thoughts uh besides what i love about the word not the video game though just the word Fortnite. i wish i could talk in two-week increments all the time but anyway uh, so deontay johnson for a 2021 first essentially no thank you uh there are still impressive prospects coming out next year no there's there are some great wide receiver prospects in the year no thank you deontay johnson best case scenario he's in that in my opinion he's a if he hits the top of his ceiling he's a Wide receiver two in fantasy. No, thank you. There's wide receiver ones in next year's class, and I don't even know where this, this 21 first is going to land. No, thanks. At Eric John Flynn, I'd like to thank you for this platform for me to give this PSA. Dear fantasy owners, for the love of God, go out and buy 2021 first. No one respects them. This class is get this 2020 class is getting the stupidest amount of hype ever. It is an unbelievable class. But 2021 is going to almost parallel it. Will it be as good? No, but it's going to be damn close. There's at least two wide receivers that I would take over Jerry Judy right now from 2021. There is at least, I would say, two more, like two to three more that I could see in the first round consideration if they were eligible right now. That 2021 is a deep, deep class. Deontay Johnson, we've already gone over, is in a very muddy situation. Who cares about that fourth? I love these fourths being thrown in here like they matter. But get that first-round pick, man. Those picks are gold. So, easy. Easy pick. However, I would be lost if I didn't bring this point up. Because I've said this before. There is a reality that Deontay Johnson ends up the number one ride receiver in the Steelers. It exists, but it does not exist at these prices. All right. So, Keenan Allen in a 2021 second 
for Deontay Johnson, a 2021 first and a 2021 fourth. Dave, go ahead. So here we go again. If I'm a Keenan Allen owner, I need more than Deontay Johnson right away here. Keenan Allen, he's slid down a lot of people's ranks, and he's actually slid down my ranks as well. However, he still has a nice floor. He's got several years of production left in him the way he produces. I love me some Keenan Allen. Uh, I, I, I st- uh, yes, this is more interesting than just a 2021 first that we talked about because it's Deontay Johnson and a 2021 first. I, I understand, but I'm taking key, the real kicker for me that does it is you're still getting that 2021 second back in return. Uh, so I'll take the immediate production now. I don't have to wait and the 2122nd in the future than getting the 2121 first. Sean, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we're still talking about Deontay Johnson, which I think proves the point more than anything. <laughs> if the guy is being traded this much, do you really want to buy in? But to the point, you know, if you're – if you're the Johnson owner in this trade, you're trading back at most 10 spots to get Keenan Allen. That's a win. That's nice. I would take that. I think if you're the Keenan Allen owner, you got to keep your second round pick at least. And, you know, maybe that fourth turns into a third, so your dart throw is a little bit stronger here. But I. I'd want Keenan Allen in this trade. Whichever side of it I'm on, whoever was giving him up should have kept him. Whoever's getting him should be pretty excited. Yeah, Keenan Allen is another guy that I feel like people get to be like, there's like this weird ageism I feel like with wide receivers. It's kind of like, oh, look, he turned 28. He's getting old. Time to move on. I'm like, when did that become old for a wide receiver? Uh, Keenan Allen's been unbelievably productive. You're talking about a guy that's, you know, Six touchdowns is as consistent as it can get for, like, the last three years. He's been close to 1,200 yards, like, just underneath that for, like, two straight years. Had a 1,400-yard season before that. It's been over 130 targets minimum every year for three straight years. The guy eats, man. And it Deontay Johnson is not even close to that level of a player. Now, when you talk, and that's exactly the point that Sean took right out of my mouth. When you're trading that second for that first and you're getting a player like Allen over Johnson, you're trading back maybe 10 spots to be able to get a significant upgrade. Again, the fourth doesn't matter. It's cute that it's there. Like, Jared made a trade with me and threw in the fourth, and I texted him and said, like, that's very petty of you, and he laughed because he knew that's exactly what he was doing. Of course I gave him the fourth. I'm not going to break down a trade over a fourth, but the whole point is that Keenan Allen is a stud. Respect him. I think we should be done talking about Deontay Johnson, too. I think the thing is that People should take away. If, you should be trying to be trading Deontay Johnson right now. If this is the kind of return you're getting for him, try to go out in your league and try to see what you can get for him because it's exciting what you can get for him right now. Oh, that was also Andrew Solomon Sol, at Solomon Drums who did that trade. Just oh, my bad. Know. Yes, my bad, Andrew. I didn't throw didn't throw you out that. I got really into the trades. So at Solomon Drums, thank you very much for that for that trade offer throughout to us. Thanks for catching. And that. very hopefully, congratulations, Andrew, on getting Keenan Allen. All right, so in our league, so it is a super flex league. We start three running backs. We start five wide receivers. We start two tight ends, and it's also tight end premium. So, Dave, you want to introduce this trade? I feel a little weird talking about myself. Yeah, so Todd Since traded when? the 106, the 205, and the 2021 fourth, that pettiness that Todd was talking about, uh, for <laughs> Kenny Galladay. And if there was ever a fair trade in my book, this was it. This is 
exactly what I think you should be getting for Kenny Gall Kenny Galladay. I, I the, the, Todd, you finally didn't screw someone over in a trade. This was a win-win. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, Sean, who are you picking? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a nice little trade. I think I would take if I had to choose a side in it. I'd probably take Galladay. You know, I think last year was unbelievable for him. I think he's probably in for a little bit of regression this year, but not a lot. You know, I think mid-wide receiver one, it's very much his probable landing spot. If Stafford stays healthy, holy cow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's got the other guys coming back around him, so that, that might lead to some targets, but his efficiency should go up with Stafford coming back. And I just, I think I'd rather have him. I'll take what I know. 106 is pretty sexy. You can definitely do pretty well there. 205 is pretty interesting too, but again, I'll take what I know. Uh, Dave, I, I didn't really get a clear view. Who were you taking in the side? I, I think this is an even thing. If I'm a win-now team, I'm taking Kenny Galladay, but if I'm if I'm trading away for assets, I like the idea of 106, and then 205, we're going to get a nice piece there. LaVisca Chanel if he hits, and Brian Edwards if he hits. This is, a, this is a win-win trade for me. So I'll explain since it was my trade. Um, I am the back-to-back champ, and I'm going for a three-peat. So Kenny Galladay actually, because we start five wide receivers, I have him on my depth chart as my wide receiver four. Um, I Yeah, it's fun. Um, so I'm looking at that 106 and that 205, and I'm saying to myself, I'm like, man, he, he, he sent me an offer that, like, I almost didn't want to say yes to it, but I knew I had to. So I I made the trade and I was thrilled about it and immediately I wanted to cry because I had no picks available for our rookie draft and I want to play with my friends. So I got back in. I have a 111. I don't think we're going over that trade. Oh no, we will at some point. But um yeah, so I I thought this was a great trade and I I actually texted Trey and I said I can't believe this was an even trade. And yeah, so hats off Jared. Great trade, man. Always a pleasure doing business. Stop sending me crap offers for Jack Doyle. All right. So, J-Pal and Father Bernard, our token monk in the league. Love me for Father B. All right. The trade was Adam Thielen and the 113. So, the 113 is our toilet bowl winner. So, if you won the loser's bracket, you get the 113 pick. The 204 and the 2021 third for the 304. I mean, the 103. That would have been amazing if I just didn't catch that. All right. Sean, who are you, what are you doing here? I'm taking the pick. Give me 103 all day. Thielen is on the wrong side at 30, and I know we just touched on the ageism thing, but he's in an offense that doesn't like to throw the ball. He's got the recent injury history, which is concerning, and it's a team that's spent up on Justin Jefferson, and they didn't spend a first on him to bring him in to not be the number one target. In 113, 204, in this draft class, you can do very well there. But at 103, you know, you're talking maybe CEH. You're talking maybe Tua. You're talking Jonathan Taylor Thomas, maybe. JTT, man of the house. Yeah, so give me that pick all day. I'll I'll take that ceiling for those guys rather than the volume of those other picks in Thielen. Dave? So I think Thielen's being disrespected overall. I think he's, you know, he, he dealt with some soft tissue injuries, and those can be problematic as you get older. Uh, that being said, Thielen is, I think, is going to be the clear alpha in this offense, at least for a year. Uh, 
probably two. Uh, and then the one thirteen, you're getting a, you're get, you might get heck, you might get Justin Jefferson at one thirteen, or you're getting a Henry Ruggs, uh, a Keyshawn Vaughn, and then two hundred four, you're getting a Lavisca Chenault, a Keyshawn Vaughn. You know, you're getting some good players there. So this is in our league. It's a little bit different than other leagues in that you have to. It's a deeper starting roster when you start three running backs, five receivers, five wide receivers, and a flex on top of that. So when you get those extra extra maybe potential starters, I think this trade becomes more even. But in a traditional league, I'd take the 103. In our league, it's, it becomes a wash here. Uh, I mean, uh, then again, I think if I could get CH at 103, I'll take CH. But I, I understand the other side of the coin here. It's closer than it might appear because just how many roster spots we have to start here. And especially if, you do, if you're a depleted team and you need players, I, I, I like this team, but... So I would say it's an even trade if one side was contending and one side was rebuilding. Uh, I wouldn't say that either of the teams are contending yet. Um, yeah. I think that they're they're gonna get there at some point. Um, not if I have anything to say about it. But um, so Sean, is that five uh, five or six now? <laughs> that I believe is six. Okay, with right. about eight trades left to go. So are we combining shows here on this? Tied, tied, well, it's one night. So oh, that's fair. Okay. Latch down your ceiling. Cause Todd's about to try and burst through it. Uh, <laughs> I can't help being good gentlemen. All right. So uh, contending. So like, I'll go with the Thielen inside on a rebuild. I'll actually go with the one Oh three. I get what Dave's saying and I don't disagree with it by what, what you're going to get back in filling that. And our league, I think that does make it a little bit easier, but at the same time, like, if I'm in a rebuild, I'm getting a young stud at 103. And if for some reason somebody takes Taylor at 102, I'm getting two at 103 in a Superflex league. So I'm probably going to go with the 103 if I'm in a rebuild. If I'm contending, I'm taking all the I'm taking Thielen all day in that deep wide receiver starting role, and I'm filling my roster. But I actually thought it wasn't a bad trade. So after giving up adam thielen and pieces for for the 103 father bernard took a solid strategic step let the rookie drafts get closer and closer wait until after the nfl draft let things settle out and see where the players fell and also the entire time had me had a uh bidding war between me todd and other people to try to get that 103 and what he ended up doing was he swung that 103 for amari cooper and brandon cooks yeah, no, I think it's good. So, like, we're talking about, like, Cooper versus Cooks. Um, I actually think from a standpoint in this league, I would probably – this is a tough one. I thought this was very even. I'm thinking about Tua and Taylor at that pick. Um, I'm going to take the pick. And the reason I'm going to take the pick is, is that Cooks doesn't mean much to me in this trade. I think when you're talking about Titans – you're talking about not Cooks, you know? And then when you're looking at Cooper, I have, I traded for Cooper in a league, and I'm a little upset about it. I gave up a, a lot of good assets for him. But I could definitely see C.D. Lamb taking him over easily, you know? So those are the kind of things that worry me about Cooper. So I'm going to take that pick and feast on whoever it comes falls to me, whether it be two or Taylor. Sean, what about you? Yeah, same. I think 103 is a huge building block there. I think that's what I want. Cooper and Cooks. I mean, Cooks going into Houston 
who knows? He has a what... lot of opportunity there to, to become a alpha, though. Right, he does. But we talked, we covered this on a last show too. What does that mean? They're just stockpiling Brandon Cooks and Brandon Cooks lookalikes out there, and this could be a Charlie Chaplin where Brandon Cooks goes into it and he actually gets third place in a Brandon Cooks lookalike contest. Make a Charlie think, Chaplin reference? That's amazing. Yeah, you gotta work those in. I just watched The Great Dictator the other day. Great I great speech. The, great speech. The unknown of Cooks and just the boom bust that Amari Cooper has shown, even jumping over to Dallas where he should have become more consistent. I'll take the pick. I'll get somebody who's more reliable than those two, even though you're getting two of them. Give, give me Tua. Give me JTT. Give me CEH. Yep. So, Dave, you're on the uh, 103 side, right? Yeah, so I trade away Amari Cooper. This I felt like I gave up a lot to do this. Amari, I'm high. You on did. Amari you absolutely did. Uh, th- that being said, Brandon Cooks is my wide receiver. Wide receiver seven. On, so I'm gonna pull a little brag here. Brandon Cooks is my wide receiver seven on this team. So I felt like I'd give him up to get to 103. And ultimately, my idea was once I got to 103, I could get Jonathan Taylor, and he's the my, he's the uh, he's the bell of the ball for me. Heck yeah, Jonathan Taylor over over those picks any day. Uh, yeah, thank you. So that that's who you're targeting at the top of the draft, Dave? Yeah. Well, I actually traded up to get to 102 a little bit late. I traded up from that pick just just for peace of mind. I traded away Philip Rivers and the 103 for the 102 just to get Taylor. That's interesting. What if I told you that Taylor wasn't going to be there at 102? Uh, then Hannon's been lying to me all this all, all along. Really interesting. That'd be just, amazing. And then I'll take CH because CH so for some people is the 101. So I'm not going to sweat about it. Wow. I was hoping you would sort about it. Oh, man. I wonder if we can convince Hannon to take Taylor 101. That'd be amazing. Um, all right. So next trade, we have Dave and Ben. So they are trading George Kittle and a, 21, 20, uh, a 2021 second for Baker Mayfield and the 105. So, Dave, on this side, you were getting Mayfield and the 105, correct? And this was an early trade. This was this might have been right around the combine. This was a, a, quite a while ago. People weren't. I mean, people were high in the rookies, but you know, pe- there was no landing spots at 105. Dobbins hadn't shot up boards like he did. Uh, and the thing we have to stress again: this is a tight end premium, so people get a point point five uh, PPR bonus, and we start two tight ends. This is a, this is probably the most tight end premium you'll ever get in the league, right here. So this is why this is what make so this is an interesting trade for me. So I, I'm actually would hear what you guys want to think about this. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Mayfield on the 105 side on this. I think you're never going to be able to get more for Kittle than you can right now, and I think cashing out now is tough. And I think it takes a good player to look that in the eye and pull the trigger. I, I I'm on the opposite side. I'm all Kittle here. Um, I like the I like the second on top of it to kind of like cushion with that pick. Um, I also know that he's getting a second back that's kind of late in that situation. But I think the thing about Kittle is, is that the only guy that's close to him in my eyes in that position in a tight end premium league is Kelsey. And Kelsey's 30. Like, you're getting a guy that's just absolutely above at the position who's going to be a stud in a good offense. I'm going Kittle all the way here, all day. I'm very high on Kittle. So, so let's talk about Mayfield on this side of it. So that's the other felt that, low for him. That was the kicker for me. Well, you're also low on Mayfield because like he really did struggle last year. Like there's a good chance that if Mayfield struggles again, he's out of a job, man. You know what I mean? 
So like, like there's but that a reality. Whole team struggled, right? That's Isn't fun. the narrative here is that there's nowhere to go for him but up? Sure, I agree with that. But I'm also trying to say that I'm also getting by far the best young tight end in the football in a tight end premium league that we have to start two tight ends. Where with Mayfield, I feel like if he maxes out, you know, he's a QB1 in the top 12, and I could probably still go find somebody else at the QB2 in some other ways and still be able to feast with Kittle. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, like, I, I just I just don't see Mayfield being a relevant enough of a player for me to be good with this trade. The 105 I like more than Mayfield right now. So I, I'm just I'm just really low on Mayfield. Dave, I gotta I gotta hear your feedback, man. You're... So I'm um huge on Mayfield. I'm also I was big at one oh five. I think at the time people hadn't caught up to how high these picks were worth. Like I said, so one I was big on one oh five and I think one oh five is basically Dobbins right now. Uh, so Dobbins and Mayfield for Kittle and a super flex tight end. And I, I mean, Kittle's a very important piece now, but what gets me is, is that Kittle going into last year was the best possible scenario for him. There was less competition for targets. There was, uh, he was at, he was coming off an Uber productive. He was super yak product. He had super efficiency. The idea was he would have some t- positive touchdown regression and he would just explode. And he didn't do that. There was something about the 49ers offense where they did not feed the ball to Kittle, even though they was their number one option. And that bothered me. And on top of that, tight end is an extremely they, – they get injured at a higher rate than other positions. And George Kittle took some – he the way he plays, he takes some huge hits. And some of the injuries he took last year, he was lucky to survive. He There was a couple games – Are you calling him injury-prone? Is he no, injury-prone? that the – Dave, you're insinuating he's injury prone. Is that a thing? No, I'm saying the position is has a higher rate of injury. That's different than that's prone. prone. No, it is not. Prone is not is different than rate. (laughs) So it is. I'll go semantics all day with you. But so I'll go semantics all day with you on this one. The point being is that if you looked at, I, I mean, I was uber focused on Kittle last year, and those hits that he took, those injuries that he had, I thought he was done for the season at least two or three times last year because that's his play style. I'm happy to cash out at his maximum value here. Uh, and, and he just got more competition this year. And Jimmy Garoppolo showed that he isn't the elite quarterback that he possibly could have been last year coming off that injury. Uh, and yeah, so I'll take I'll take the 105 and Baker Mayfield, who I think is at his floor. I'm extremely high on him. So I'll take that side. All right. So let's go to the next trade. So it'll is traded again, and I'm involved with this trade. So uh, I gave up Delvin Cook. A late uh, 2021 second and the 308 for George Kittle, the 111, and an early 2021 second. Sean, what are your thoughts on this trade? I think it's nice. I like it. I think I like it from both sides. You know, I I hear everything Dave just said about the tight end position. I agree with it. And I think the only caveat I would throw in it is that, yes, it's a very – high injury risk position Kittle plays it very tough but it's also just a barren landscape out there mm-hmm. Mad Max looks like India compared to the tight end landscape right now and if you don't have Kelsey if you don't have Kittle if you don't have Ertz and like maybe Andrews you've really got nobody so I think Kittle is always worth a stab to get I think Dalvin Cook is a great commodity to have but 
You're getting the 111 back with it. You're getting a 2021 second. That's nice. Those are some nice pieces to end up with for giving up, you know, arguably a top six, top seven running back in Dynasty. Yeah, I, I actually have him five still. Um, but that's, I mean, yeah. So, Dave, why don't you give your take first before I talk about my so own trade? My biggest thing here is I love this trade for Bet. He needed a premium asset. If I'm rebuilding my team, which is what he was doing, he took over a, he was an orphan. He took over a team that was struggling to have any relevancy. And to take George Kipp, and, and we have to stress, this our league is two tight ends with an extra premium on top of that. That makes George Kittle like uber, uber, uber valuable. More than people understand. And I, I, I can't stress enough how important the tight end position is in our league. Scott Fish has done work on the tight end position in two tight end leagues. And the win rate, when you have the top tight top three tight ends, it almost is, it's, it's insane through the roof what your win rate is when you have a top tight end. That being said, Dalvin Cook the is a great piece here. I'd rather build my team around Dalvin Cook than George Kittle. I wish Dalvin Cook had a new contract. That would be nice for me. I also wish he didn't have any nagging injuries that he has, has had throughout his career. And I would be on the Dalvin Cook side here if you have to know Ben's situation where he's probably going to come in towards the bottom of this league and he's giving up a 2021 early second overall most likely. And that tips me over to the George Kittle side because he's also going to be up to 111. So that was my rebuttal was switching the second round picks. Um, I, I actually, it was tough for me to give up Cook. So we started three running backs. Uh, Cook was my second best running back behind Kamara. But uh, I do have Eckler as my third running back. And then I have uh, Mark Ingram as my third. And then I have Tariq Cohen. So like I have some depth there. So I really wanted a first round pick. I wanted to get back in the draft. I got back in the draft, but the reason why I made this trade is I have Kittle and I have Kelsey in a two tight end league in premium. And my whole goal right now is three Pete. That's it. And I am. And the other thing about it too, is is like getting Kittle too, is that he's not exactly like I'm just selling out on the year. He is a good, like long-term piece, you know? And then I get another guy for a good long-term piece at that one eleven because I, I mean, the, my team does have some age to it at some point, so I, I really like this trade. And then to be able to give up a running back for a tight end piece, I was I really did want to just have that second-round swap, and he had no problem with it. So that's that was my kicker. I was happy with that. I'm thrilled to go into uh, see, into my next season with Kittle and Kelsey as my two tight ends. All right, so let's move on to the next trade. So Finally, Sean didn't trade a lot. It, it it was it was starting to frustrate me, man. You know, I was like, Sean, let's 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 get active here, Sean. Okay. And you know how he did this, Sean? I, know, I hate to take the words out of his mouth here, but Sean got a little drunk one night and made a trade. Uh, I also yeah. Loved one that. one of those things is more shocking than the other, and my wife would back <laughs> that up. But. Yeah. Um, and I would say making a trade. Uh, so, anyways, um, so Dave, no, my bad, Sean traded Carson Wentz. To our resident Eagle fan, Jared, for the 107 and the 108. And this is a super flex leave. Dave, thoughts? Uh, I think, you know, the idea is maybe you can get Carson Wentz. I mean, you can get uh, Herbert here at 107 and then maybe another piece on top of that. And then I'm okay with it. But if Herbert's gone there and you're just getting those two pieces... Oh, 
especially with how Sean's roster was set up, I'm a little worried. I don't, I mean, overall, I'm not really concerned because you're getting two good pieces at 107, 108 regardless. But when Superflex is a huge premium, I'm always nervous about trading away a QB and not getting one in return here. So Sean, hopefully, I mean, and and the way Sean's roster is, he really needs a QB with one of those couple picks. So that's my thought is I'm worried, but I, I mean, as a value point, it's not awful, but I was I was just surprised to see Sean make this deal. What side are you picking? I don't have... I guess Carson Wentz, but I don't. I, I don't really have a pit a side here. I think it's okay value here, but my my gut reaction is I think I'd rather take the quarterback just to make sure I have him. So Sean, who are your uh, QBs left on your team? I mean Josh Rosen. How can you go wrong? Yeah, Josh Rosen. And then uh, staring down the barrel at some unpopular picks in Nick Foles and homeboy for the Rams, Jared Goff. Jared Goff blanked on his name. That just reinforces the point yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, if, yeah, if you're looking to get rid of Jared Goff, hit me up, buddy. So, um, anyways, um, yeah, so that was the only thing about it was, is that, like, I I didn't really see the depth for you. I do think that if you're looking to contend this year, I think that you have enough at like, QB for this year to uh, make a run at the champ. Um, I don't think it will happen. I don't think it will be fruitful for you, but, you know, it's a bold strategy. I think that... I think from a value standpoint, I think Sean got back more. Um, so I probably would take the picks and hope that Herbert's there. And if he's not, you know, did, you know, he can go out and go try to look for some other QBs because he'll have some other good assets with the one of by the guys he's going to get at 107, 108, probably be able to move some more proven players. So I think it was a bull move. Um, definitely uh, Sean had a few spirits in him when he probably made this move. But I definitely would still go with the picks. So, Sean, what were your thoughts when you made this trade? Yeah, Grandpa Hannon's whiskey is pretty lethal. Yeah, um, Grandpa Hannon's whiskey. I definitely left a little bit on the table when I sent. So, Jared had sent me an offer. I countered, and we went back and forth a few times and sparred for a minute. And I sent an offer that I thought included Brady, which is what he had been also offering me as part of his packages. Oh, he, he loves, offer accept, Brady. And then loves offer Brady. I woke up the next morning and realized that Brady wasn't in it. So, so moving on to the next trade, we got Dave and Jared. Jared was just very active in here. I love this trade. So this is so Dave gave away James Connor, Jalen Samuels, the one hundred five, a a late twenty twenty uh, twenty twenty one first for Miles Sanders, Corey Davis, and the two eleven. Sean, I'll let you start this one. Yeah, there's a lot of trash to wade through before you can really get down to the meat of this trade. And I think at its core, this is really just the 105 in a 2021 late first for Miles Sanders. I feel pretty confident oh, saying I don't care what? about anything else in this. That's terrible. Okay, go ahead. And that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure when this trade went down, but I think the fact that Miles Sanders has survived with being the only guy. You know, he survived that initial wave of free agency. He survived them bringing anybody else in in the draft. The Eagles have shown that they're not, you know, Devonta Freeman is still sitting out there. They're obviously not interested in signing him or else they probably would have by now. So I think two firsts for Miles Sanders, that's fine. You know, the 105 is pretty juicy. Dave's 
pick next year, that late first, there's no reason why it shouldn't really be a double-digit pick or above. So I think that's good. You know, hats off. Well done. So it's funny. I'm so glad you gave that perspective because I'm completely opposite of those guys being meaningless. So I do think the 105 in the late first is fair value for Sanders. Corey Davis is trash. 211 is not that great of a pick. So then you're talking about James Conner and Jalen Samuels. I think James Conner is like, there's like, so people are so down on him. And there's a reality he's easily still the RB1 on that team. And then the guy that got sent with him was Jalen Samuels, who has a clear role as a receiving back in that league. So as a PPR running back, he's got value, especially in a league where you start three running backs. So to me, I think the win is definitely on the Connor and Pick side. But I do also think that you got to go out and get your guys and you got to overpay for them if you got to. So I respect Dave for doing what he needs to do to get his boy. But I do think he lost the trade on a, on a value standpoint. So, Dave, go ahead. So, one thing about me that I think you guys probably know by now is I will overpay to get my guy. 100% of the time, if I lock in on somebody, I am willing to overpay. Uh, also, another way to get me to overpay is to say, Hey, Dave, Todd's trying to get Miles Sanders for me. Do you want to make an offer? I'm like, <laughs> oh, Sure. That definitely will change things for me. Uh, I'm at my in-laws right now. I will be home in 45 minutes. Give me 50 minutes and I will send you 10 <laughs> offers for my Al Sanders. <laughs> so that's so, also one way to get me to overpay. Dave, Dave, I got to ask you something about that. So he tells you that I'm trying to trade for him so that you immediately need to react to that situation. Wouldn't that be an example of me being in your head? Well, I just knew that you had the way your team was constructed, Todd. If you had, I, I, and I just know I have your your team pretty much memorized at this point. So I actually have most of the teams memorized at this point. And I just because I think you and Sean are my main competition. There might be one or two others in there. Uh, I'll, I'll even give Sad a little respect here, but let, let's be honest. Uh, his team's strong, so, dude. Yeah, his team is strong. So I will say I have your guys' teams pretty well down packed here. If you had acquired, if you had sent away OBJ with your wide receiver depth and acquired Miles Sanders at running back, it would have made it really hard for me to beat you. So this was, this was also a benefit of making my team stronger. Well, improving my team, my starting roster, but also hurting your team, how I looked at it. So that had something to do. So we've learned here that Dave has Marty McFly syndrome. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Oh yeah. I just think it's some game uh, three involved here. There, there's some game three involved. That being said, I think why I want to bring this game up. Game theory is, involved. Yes. If you also get stronger and your teammate gets weaker, that is a that's that's good for you. That's fair. So, um, that so that so you fear me. I don't, Todd. You have to understand. You fear me. What you want to say, Todd? Todd, that, you beat me in the championship. I have to beat you, okay? Oh, that feels so good. Yeah, you did so, lose in the championship. So, uh, it'll it'll feel really good when I can when I can rely on Miles Sanders to get me the championship this year. Anyway, the point, Sean, that must have been at least three or four check marks for you, man. I, I I'm I, I, I I'm loving this. You're in so triple digits at this point, Todd. Miles Sanders has been a real hot point on Twitter recently. Uh, people are the debate if he'll be a wide receiver one. Or a running back one, I mean, uh, is hot this year. I'm in the firm camp that he will be, even if he isn't. So if he doesn't hit what I think he will be as an RB1 this year, 
with I think he'll get more opportunity because he started off the year slow with opportunity, and there's not anyone even if Carlos Hyde signs in Philadelphia, I think uh, Sanders has a really good opportunity here. Uh, and the best part about Sanders is his receiving floor makes it safe. So even if he doesn't hit, I think he has a safe side to him that is attractive to acquiring him. The real problem is, is I, I would, did not love giving up James Conner on top of all of this. I had to do that because Jared is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And to go get my guy, I had to say I had to give up James Conner and Jalen Samuels. I, I agree, Todd, that Jalen Samuels is a good player. That being said, he they've drafted, what, three running backs since they drafted him? Uh, he is does not have a firm role. Anthony McFarlane could take it over very easily. Uh, I, I don't think Anthony McFarlane has a receiving upside that, that Samuels does whatsoever. Okay, no, I'm just... I, but I, I, right. I personally agree, Samuel, but I think... Samuels had 57 targets last year, and he caught 47 balls. From Mason Rudolph, and he should have caught a lot more. He should have got, done a lot better with that team if people weren't crowding the box because Mason Rudolph... Or stacking the box because Mason Rudolph was terrible. Hey, call what it is. It's efficient, man. So, Mason, so I, I agree Jalen Samuels is a good player here, and, he, and it provides benefit to have a loose some injury protection for getting connor for jared uh but i tried to trade every single team i tried to trade james connor to and nobody bit whatsoever whatever the, i tried so many different deals i didn't get an offer him. dave i would have given you a third for him i didn't get an offer <laughs> and todd i'm not trading with you so uh <laughs> just because i know you like to win the deal and i'm not going to do that for uh so so I great. just the point. So I tr- I tried. This was the best possible deal I could have done to to sweeten the deal for James Conner. I'll take Miles Sanders, and I think he. People talk about yeah he, it. it I think he has a top five running back upside. That's how good of a player he is. Dave, I only have one more question for you. Are you sweating now? Are you like sweating profusely after talking that much? And like I'm into it. Yeah, I, I got heated. <laughs> I got heated. Uh, you guys can finish. I'm just gonna revel. Um. All right. All right. Last trade, we had Jeff and Father B, Father B, the the trading monk. Uh, so we have John Brown, Bears, uh, Paris Campbell, the 112, and a 2021st first for the 104. Sean. Yeah, I'll take the, uh, the volume side there. Sure, you're trading back the eight spots, and you're talking about maybe looking off. CH maybe looking off Tua depending on how you know the picks behind Taylor at the 101 play out in our league but you're getting you're getting the two first John Brown still has some viability as you know fantasy wide receiver three now that Diggs is there Campbell still could show something even though the numbers and past history and the sample size that we have aren't really on his side but you know this doesn't look great for right now but I think long term I'm taking the volume there Dave, this I'll disagree. I can't disagree more than Sean. Uh, John Brown with Diggs. I mean, low volume passing offense with Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen takes a step back this year. But even if he doesn't, he becomes a set number two option in a run heavy offense where Josh Allen also is rushing a lot and taking up some receiving or taking away from those receiving touching opportunities by rushing the ball. Uh, I and then John. So John and John Brown's older. Paris Campbell is a huge question mark, and especially this was. With Pittman coming in here, I don't think Paris Campbell has any shot at becoming the number one. Uh, and one twelve, yeah, you can get a good player at one twelve, but and then a twenty one first is is not shabby. But I'm taking the one hundred four. Shabby, huh? It's not shabby. One hundred. Not shabby. Point, That's it. Huh? Not shabby. 
that being said, I mean, I'm Do taking the, research, the uh, give me give me the immediate immediate value at 104, uh, and it's gonna be Ch in this league. Give me Ch, and uh, yeah, any day of the week. Not even close. I was shocked to me to have to give up Amari Cooper and Brandon Cooks for the 103, and then Father Burner to trade away the 104 for this. I was so pissed. I actually thought this trade was relatively even. Because I'm that high on the 2021st first. Uh, The guy who gave up the 2021 first was the third pick in our draft before all the the, everything got traded. He definitely has some questions. He he's not he's doing some good things. Jeff's doing some good things with his team. I think he's going to need at least another year of keep doing what he's doing to build his team back up. So that could be a really high pick with some phenomenal players in that draft. So, and 112 is going to be a solid player. You get some decent pieces in Brown and Campbell to kind of round out a very deep in a league where you have to have some really depth, has to have some depth. But at the end of the day, I still think at 104, where I would either get one of those two quarterbacks or one of those two running backs that we all know who they are, that's what I'm going to go with. But I thought it was extremely close. And the idea is that I can't really figure out where Jeff's going to land in the, in, in the standings this year. So that's what the deciding factor is because I can't really peg where that first round pick's going to be. So again, if you're in a league and you know that you know somebody's going to be bottom three bad in Superflex, go get their 21-21 first if it's worth, if you're, you don't have to give up too, too much. Nobody is valuing those picks enough in my mind. So that was our last trade. Woo, long one, boys, but it was a fun one. Dave, tell them where they can find you. Find me at FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter. And you can also find me at Dance Football Factory. i got a couple things coming out soon, hopefully. Maybe a couple UDFA, UDFA, undrafted free agent, wide receivers to maybe target. And also, I'm looking at doing a piece on breakout age and how you should be approaching breakout age because I think it's the way it's being used right now is misleading a couple people. Uh, so, yeah, look up for that. Uh, look up for me for a couple other things. Ringo, tell them where they can find you. You can find me at FF underscore Walrus on Twitter and at the Dynasty Football Factory running there with Dave. We have to at some point put out some UDFA comments like we've been putting that off for a little bit now. Alright. You can find me at FF underscore Banterman. Enjoying the banter. I'm all about messing with people and having a good old time on their Twitter. And uh, I'll be putting out some new content at the Dynasty Football Digest soon enough. And I definitely recommend checking out the guys over at the IDP guys. Um, they are the premier IDP resource if you're looking to win your IDP. All right, gentlemen, trades are done. It was a good night. We'll see you next time for more. Dave, you got really needed over here. It was really fun. Did I? I actually you, thought I was just having. No, you got pretty. You got pretty. You got. You got like point. like like. I actually was like worried about you passing out at times. I guess I was just. I guess I didn't feel it. Maybe it's the alcohol. Yeah. I, I hope. I, I, I thought I was you were gonna, gonna say. I hope you're hydrating. Talking so fast. I hope you're hydrating.